0: become Ms. Borch Ms. <laughs>
1: Hey guys, welcome to episode 15 of Macabre Misfortunes. I'm Jerry.
0: And I'm Tracy. Glad you guys are joining us.
1: Tracy, with this being the week of Memorial Day in the United States, I thought it would be kind of cool to do some military stories the entire week. So, if you listened to the Eerie Encounters episode, you heard a bunch of scary encounters from our military. And today we're covering the haunted Jefferson Barracks in St. Louis.
0: Awesome. I've been loving these military stories.
1: Yeah, they're pretty cool. I mean, we obviously did a couple of the shorts uh, Mm -hmm. for those of you who are on Patreon. And then, like I said, we're covering Jefferson Barracks today. And tomorrow on the main show, we've got some stories from Afghanistan that I think are very interesting. And then we also have our very own Anoop Simon, who is in a new movie called The Prey that is uh, getting ready to come out.
0: Exciting. We love new.
1: Yep, he's been uh, he was in the Navy for 8 years and did a tour of Iraq, so we'll talk about you. all that including mm-hmm. one of the stories that we cover earlier in the show. Uh, the Jefferson Barracks officially opened October 23rd, 1826 in St. Louis, Missouri. The fort was named after Thomas Jefferson who had just died a few months earlier.
0: Oh, well that's nice of them to do that, honor him that way.
1: In the beginning, the early years of the fort the Jefferson Barrack House soldiers who were. Uh, their primary goal was protecting the settlers from Native American attacks. As you can imagine, I was going to say the natives are restless back then, <laughs> but that's probably a bad choice of words. But it, as you as you know, this was a very uh, tumultuous time. Well, know, they were trying to protect their land and between the Native Americans mm-hmm. because both of them wanted the land, right? So you yeah, obviously uh, had to have something set up like this to be able to protect. Each other, I'm sure the Native Americans had stuff set up as well.
0: Well, they should have. They should have been angry.
1: In April 1832, troops were sent north for the Black Hawk War. Now, I'm not exactly sure what the Black Hawk War was, why it was named that, or what it Mm -hmm. involved. I didn't do any research on that. There was a young lieutenant who was assigned to escort the captured Native American leader back to Jefferson Barracks. That lieutenant was Jefferson Davis, who obviously would later on go on to become the president of the Confederacy during the American Civil War.
0: I remember that about him.
1: I was going to say you remember that. You should remember. He was alive back then. Oh, Lord have mercy. In 1836, other troops from the barracks would be sent to Florida to battle against the Seminole Native Americans. The Jefferson barracks were used for many years in several different ways. They were a staging area, a post, and a military hospital all the way through the end of World War II.
0: How cool is that? It is pretty cool. How would you like to just be walking through one day but not realize that that's what that spot was used for how interesting is that
1: yeah it's pretty cool they've got a lot of history here Mm -hmm. there's also a national cemetery there and that was established in
0: 1863
1: okay many of the ghosts that are at the jefferson barracks apparently revolve around the old buildings of course and the former hospital where so many people died from battlefield injuries in january 1922 President Warren G. Hardin ordered a section of the barracks to become home of a, a veterans hospital.
0: Okay, that's nice.
1: It opened in 1923. The doctors there were given the task of caring for wounded and invalid soldiers. The hospital began providing continuous treatment for veterans until the base closed down. And I believe that was 1944 Okay. when it closed down. So it's 20-some years, basically. During this time the hospital was open, the building began to develop ghost stories. Nice. The story started at a private Halloween party that was held at the hospital. After the party, several security guards commented about how realistic the Civil War costume was that a gentleman had been wearing. When this got back to the officials who actually organized the party, they were confused. The officials went to the security guard And they inquired about the gentleman in the costume. Why? Because there was no one at the party wearing a Civil War costume.
0: Oh my gosh. How fun!
1: The security guards were just as surprised because they specifically remembered the man entering the hospital grounds to which they assumed he was attending the party.
0: All right. Why not?
1: Now, there's another similar story involving this same Halloween party. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of a twist. The host, which was one of the officials at the hospital, he noticed a man in a Civil War uniform sitting on a stone wall at the edge of a group of the guests. He walked over and he asked the man in the uniform if he was enjoying the party. The man hoarsely replied, like it good.
0: (laughs) Was it like pig Latin or something?
1: The official was a little ticked off at the reply because he felt it was very rude. He turned around and started to walk away, but then he decided to, he was going to say something to the man. He turned and looked over his shoulder and the man was completely gone. He later was told that no one else had seen the man. He's the only one that saw the gentleman in the Civil War outfit. So there's some other stories that don't come from the hospital. And there's more stories, obviously, than what we're covering today, but that's just a few of them from the hospital. During the Civil War and many years after, soldiers would guard the train depot and the railroad tracks along the Mississippi River. They also guarded the headquarters building that was located right on the bluff above the depot. One night during the Civil War, a sentry was walking his post that was really close to the building. As he turned the corner, he saw what he thought was a person walking up the grassy hill from the train yard. As the sentry stood watching, he noticed that the figure started to become blurry and then it completely disappeared. He then realized that it wasn't a person at all. He described it as a blurry spook. Ooh. The stories about the headquarter building continue to be told even today. The stories range from encounters with ghosts of the Civil War era to strange sounds that cannot be logically explained. It's not uncommon for security officers to hear footsteps and other rustling sounds when no one else is in the building. Tracy, we got a few more stories to tell you, but we have to take a quick sponsor break and we'll be right back. Alrighty. There's a long-running legend about a ghost who haunts the post old powder magazine. Now, this is a massive limestone building. It was built in 1857. It was a secure location for them to store their rifles, the cannons, and their gunpowder. In eighteen seventy one, the federal arsenal of St. Louis closed down and all of its contents were also moved to the Jefferson Barracks. The powder magazine was in use until the base closed in nineteen forty six. It's now a historical museum ran by the St. Louis County Park and Recreations Department. I couldn't read my writing. I thought I said recipe department. That didn't make sense. <laughs>
0: hey, you know, you gotta secure those recipes sometimes. <laughs>
1: The story of this ghost in the powder magazine goes all the way back to World War II. At the start of the war, soldiers were actually posted all around the fort. One of the most important guard positions was the powder magazine. Armed soldiers were often seen patrolling around the building or walking across the top of the stone wall that surrounded the magazine area. Uh Several of these soldiers reported seeing a ghostly soldier who would occasionally appear and challenge a guard who was standing in his post. Obviously, the guard would be very confused.
0: Like, challenge him how, I wonder?
1: Well, I'm going to tell you. Oh. The ghostly soldier was said to have had a bullet hole in his head with blood running out of it. So, he would literally just come up to the guard and be like, I'm here, what are you going to do about it? You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: he literally had blood running out of his head? Yes. Oh, my.
1: It was said to be so alarming that several guards dropped their guns and abandoned their post after their encounter with him. So, who was this spirit? He was supposedly a guard who had been killed many years before when a raiding party attempted to steal munitions from the powder magazine. Now, he sees the guards and he assumes that they're trespassers. He oh, the realize, guard thinks
0: they're trespassing. Yeah, he
1: doesn't realize that they're on the same side. Oh,
0: that many, is confusing, man.
1: Many of the former barracks are also haunted. Building 28 is one of the ones that uh, get brought up more than any. This building was constructed back in 1897 and was a double barracks with a three-story tower in the middle. The way it was designed, it was supposed to house up to four companies of cavalry, soldiers, and their non-commissioned officers. It was home of the 218th Engineer Squadron back in the early 2000s. I'm not sure if it's still housing people today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Throughout the 1970s, several men reported hearing Ghostly footsteps pacing around the corridor in the building. One particular night, a man was working on some uh, training records for an upcoming inspection. He hears someone walking around on the second floor right above his office. As far as he knows, he's the only one in the building. But he assumed that somebody must be up there and he didn't even bother to check it out. You know, why would he? Somebody's making noise. He thought it was the only one, but oh well. People make noise upstairs. Yeah. Later on, he heard another set of footsteps. So now there's two people walking around upstairs. The noise was so distracting that he couldn't finish his reports that he was doing. So he kind of just tossed his papers to the side out of frustration, and he went upstairs. Of course, he goes to where the noise is coming from, but he doesn't see anybody, and he doesn't see any cause for the noise. As soon as he gets back to his desk, the footsteps started again.
0: Dude. Annoying.
1: This is the last story. This is the fall of 1980. One night, Chief Master Sergeant N.G. Anaker. I'd never seen the word, the name Engine before. Instead of Eugene, it's N.G. Engine mm-hmm. and A few other members of the Air National Guard non commissioned officers were working late in the building. And upon them leaving, they turned off all the lights like you would think they would. They locked the doors. They get out in the parking lot. They just kind of stood around shoot the breeze a little bit. Well, at this time, the chief master, Sergeant Anaker, he looks up and he notices that there's a light on the third floor that must have accidentally been left on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, he sends one of his men up there to turn it off. Man comes back down and lo and behold, the light's on again. He sends the same guy up to turn it off again. Goes off. Ugh. The guy leaves, comes back down. Boom, it's on again. He sends him up for the third time. It happens again. Eventually, he sends him up for the fourth time. And when he came back down, they all just turned their back to the building, got in their car and left. They didn't even look. They didn't even want to look. No, they didn't want to look. Oh,
0: I don't blame them.
1: So, I thought that was kind of funny. But
0: you know, honestly, how that, that would be kind of disturbing and scary. So, just like the guy that was downstairs trying to write up his report and stuff. And then you think you hear people upstairs. I mean, I mean... What if he took his gun up there and just started shooting and but there of course there's He's nobody not nothing well I know <laughs> but I'm just saying how many times I wonder does that happen that they like especially if you're in the military that you think you hear something that shouldn't be there that you just kind of like
1: yeah just jump to that conclusion
0: right. I mean, that has to be like working on your nerves.
1: So, I mean, you get people that shoot family members and stuff because they think it's somebody stuff intruding. Exactly, an exactly.
0: Finger. They have a lot of patience and you know, and a lot of know how. I will give it to them. For you that. know who
1: else has a lot of patience? Who doctors?
0: Oh, that was funny. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, I am an
1: experienced professional. I'm to try this at home. All right, we we kind of do the crazy little facts or whatever at the end of the show. Did you know that the chainsaw was originally created for childbirth?
0: Oh, I know you don't go there. What in the world are you talking about?
1: Before C-sections were perfected.
0: Oh, Jerry, please.
1: If babies were too big to pass through the birthing canal, a chainsaw was used to remove parts of the pelvis quickly.
0: Oh, you are lying. No,
1: no. 100% true. It was That's what it was invented for. It got used to mouth now let me what say the let hell? me say this it's not a chainsaw like you would picture today this was more of a really small handheld cranked version with your hand
0: oh that still sounds horrid
1: but just think about like a kitchen tool like a a kitchen tool that would you know you're holding a handle and it's got the little turn like a little hand beater mm-hmm. or something like that mm-hmm. that's kind of the way it worked but it probably It didn't look like it was any bigger than, you know, maybe a foot long, maybe. But yeah, that was the original. And then I guess eventually they figured, hey, this would work good on trees. So that's that is became powered.
0: That's insane. That's insane.
1: That was the original. And you guys look it up because somebody's going to look and say, that's that's no help with the tree. Look it up. That's why the chainsaw was invented. It was for
0: childbirth. I wish I had a chainsaw right now. For this freaking fly that will not go away and keeps buzzing around my daggone head.
1: He's probably buzzing around there because he hears the other buzzing inside your head and just figures it's like a mating call.
0: Are you, like, wanting to get a whooping today? Are you down <laughs> for beating? Is that what's going on today? No. You need some tough love? Is that it? Do you need a hug?
1: No. I'm good. All right. I'm good.
0: You better have that all out of your system, okay?
1: All right, guys. That wraps it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love you. We'll talk to you later.
0: Bye, guys.